Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for giving us wisdom in the days to come uh, and the wisdom for now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, and uh, help us to understand the things you're saying and uh, retain them and uh, bring them all to our remembrance, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to continue with Apostate Church Witchcraft, number five. And we're going to call this first article, uh, The Backsliding of the Simple. Mm, well, um, Lord, we just, again, ask for your anointing and your wisdom to go forth. And uh, we love you, and we run after you. And all that you are, and we're thanking you that the it's already been accomplished for us, and um, there's a, a lot of people falling short at this time because they don't have understanding and they're not seeking first your kingdom, but we ask you to change that, and we know you are going to change that, and we believe you for it, in Jesus' name. There's always a goal, and the goal is Christ and Christ-likeness. And a lot don't know that, Lord. Uh, they don't think that's a possibility. So for that reason, the backsliding of the simple shall slay them. Um, Father, we ask you to please help us today to understand these things, and we ask uh, it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the verse I just quoted, Proverbs 1 and 32, for the backsliding of the simple shall slay them. Now, when Scripture talks about the falling away, 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 and Jude 1 and 24, it's talking about backsliding. Isaiah fifty-seven seventeen, for instance. Because both the Greek and apostasia and the hebrew meshuba have the same meaning proverbs 1 and 32 for the backsliding of the simple shall slay them and the careless ease of fools shall destroy them yes people aren't acting like they're obeying the scriptures and they're at a lot of careless ease out there we have a problem our hard drive is infected with this world and its ways and its thinking and what we've inherited through our parents, and it has to be renewed. And I know many people believe that uh, the beginning and the end of Christianity is to just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. But uh, that cannot be found written in the Word, and um, that's one of those 
things that makes you at careless ease, right? And what is written in the Word is repent and believe. And this is an ongoing situation here because we learn more about what is repentance and what we need to believe to overcome it. Amen? And uh, this means to uh, change your mind and believe what I say. How do you know that unless you go and read what he has said? And it's obvious that people are leaving that up to the preachers. Um, Matthew 21 and 32 is an example. Mark 1 and 15. Yet to many people, uh, they think that they've stepped over some magic line and now they can just sit down and rest in the flesh. But then they they don't. They, they can't bear fruit. Uh, Matthew seventeen seventeen through 19. And without bearing fruit, we are not being born from above. That's John 3, 3 and 7. So you see, we have a responsibility and people are shirking that and they've been taught to believe that that's all they need to do. In fact, some preachers are afraid that you'll read your Bible and find out that a lot of things they've said are wrong. And all the way back to the Catholic Church, they discourage people from reading the Bible. So, let's go back to uh, verse 20 here, and look at who wrote, For the backsliding of the simple shall slay them. Proverbs 1 and 20, Wisdom crieth aloud in the street. So we see that wisdom is the one speaking here. And uh, Scripture also says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 24, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So this is Jesus speaking. He is the wisdom of God. And from John, we know that he's also the Word of God. John 1 and 1. The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And therefore, the Word of God is the wisdom of God. And the Word gives us very clear directions to seek Him, not just once by shaking a preacher's hand or any such thing as that, but to seek Him and put that wisdom into our heart. If we have to repent and believe, we certainly must find out what it is that we have to repent of And what can we believe that is a solution for this? Absolutely. It's all in there. And it must be sought out. You cannot trust the preachers because they haven't gone down that road either in most cases. So you put that uh, wisdom in your heart, and that's what will protect and deliver us from this falling away. Because, as the Bible warns us, In Psalm 58 and 3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. This is true. And some of them never get out of those lies. They get caught up in a dead, lying church, and they stay there all of their life, and they do not bear fruit, and many of them go backwards. They don't even have thirtyfold. And they don't know they're headed for hell because they're once saved, always saved. (laughs) 
So there's a people who are born in their spirit, but they don't seek that fruit in their soul, which is their mind, their will, and their emotions. So continuing with uh, Proverbs 1 and 20, Wisdom crieth aloud in the street. She uttereth her voice in the broad places. That's the broad road where the many of God's people are, as in Matthew 7 and 13. Verse 21, she crieth in the chief places of concourse, at the entrance of the gates in the city, she uttereth her words. How long, ye simple ones, the Hebrew word there is pthi, and it means foolish, silly, as in able to be seduced, naive. <clears throat> These people are simple to the knowledge of God. Will you love simplicity? And scoffers delight them in scoffing? And fools hate knowledge? Fools hate knowledge. Do you know how we know that people hate knowledge? It's because they don't choose to seek it out. They choose the world and the worldly pleasures. And these are all passing away, but the eternal things they're not seeking after and they won't have. So they let someone just tell them how it is. Went to Bible school like the Pharisees and Sadducees and just tell them how it is and they're not a bit closer to God. Instead of seeking out their own salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2 and 12, they would rather pay some preacher somewhere to give them the truth. Well, here's the truth. Matthew 22 and 14. For many are called, but few chosen. Hmm. Hmm. And Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 8, Be not ashamed, therefore, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but suffer hardship with the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with his holy calling. Notice that. He saved us, and then we get this calling. This is not the calling to the world, and it's not called a, a calling. Okay. And not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before times eternal who saved us and called us. So you don't get this calling until you get saved. This calling uh, is the Greek word klesis, and it means invitation. We are being invited to partake of the things of the kingdom of God. Yet many people are not partaking of these, although it's written there very plainly. The gifts that they need to go through this life, they reject. They reject the power of the Holy Spirit, which is clearly shown how it's given in the book of Acts. They clearly are rejecting these things that will help them to bear fruit, the fruit of Christ, to walk as he walked. They are rejecting these things, and they've been taught to reject these things. You can show it to them 
but they've been inoculated by dead religion to not believe what is written. And that's why many are the called and few are the chosen. Babylon is guilty of the blood of the saints. And when I say that, I mean not only the mother of the harlots, but all of the harlots are guilty of the blood of the saints. They have not told them the truth, which they say they believe is the Bible. Hmm. So now when you go out into a field that you have planted, which is what God has done in a parable in Genesis 49.2 and Isaiah 3, uh, 14 on down and 17 on down and 27 on down and also Amos 5.11, you're looking for the fruit. You're going to pick the fruit. I know you've heard me say this before. And what does the fruit look like? Jesus. Jesus. No one that ascended him into heaven, but he that descended out of heaven. That's Jesus. Only one going to heaven is Jesus. And that's your spiritual man. And your spiritual man, in many cases, are dying for lack of the food and the water of life. So, you go out to pick the fruit. You don't care about the plant. Um, you plow the plant under and it goes back to the soil, just like the old body. You know, Jesus in uh, the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, for instance, uh, Mark 4, uh, pointed out to us four different types of people. And three of the four, when they heard the good news, fell away even though they were the ones, at least uh, the last three, these were the ones who were called. They were called, but they fell away. And this is the facts of what happens. And most of the reason is because when they came to God, they went and sat down in a dead church and uh, after a while got disgusted. Most of them got up and left um, because they weren't receiving from God what they thought they should have received and didn't know how to receive it from God. So, And they weren't taught. So Babylon is guilty of the blood of the saints. <clears throat> Mark uh, 4 and 14, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, and when they have heard, straightway cometh Satan, and taketh away the word which hath been sown in them. We've seen this with the factious, and it's not just them. There's a lot of other people that are just, they lose the word. They don't value it, so it's not important to them. So God takes it, and he gives it to somebody else. That's the facts. And it's astounding. And verse 16 says, And these in like manner, are they uh, that are sown upon the rocky places, who when they have heard the word, straightway receiveth it with joy. Well, same here, we've seen that. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, because it will come, uh, straightway they stumble. 
And others are they that are sown among the thorns. These are they that have heard the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things enter in and chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. This is so common, especially in America. Like Jesus' parables of those distracted with the world. You know, they thought all these things were more important than uh, feasting on the Lord, right? And those are they that were sown among the good ground, such as hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Well, notice, after receiving the word, we are to bear the fruit of it which is Christ in you. Again, three of the four types, when they heard the good news, they fell away. Only one bore fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. These are the true kingdom people. So if you love simplicity, if you love the very simple get-your-toe-in-the-door type doctrines, you know, um... All you need to do is accept Him as your personal Savior and then sit on a pew and wait for the rapture. Well, you're one of those fools who hates knowledge. If that's all that you do, you're hating knowledge. You need to seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Anybody that does this is not going to end up in the church that they start in. Look at history. Many of you already know this, Philippians 2 and 12. Proverbs 1, 23. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit upon you. Many reject the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom. If we don't seek out our own salvation, we are rejecting the Spirit of God and the Spirit of wisdom. And it was given in the book of Acts. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man hath regarded. But you have set it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh in the day of your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a storm and your calamity cometh on as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then will they call upon me, but I will not answer, because he's already given it to somebody else. They do not value it. And they will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 9, 10. It's the beginning of wisdom. Don't trust in anybody. This is your life, your eternal life. Don't trust in anybody. Go find for yourself the truth. Verse 30, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. So it's much simpler to let a preacher who is walking in the flesh to tell you how easy it is to walk in the flesh <laughs> and still be in the kingdom. Oh, no. 
and that you really don't have to lose your life, as Jesus said, in order to gain your life, Matthew 16 and Matthew, uh, Mark 8 and Luke 9. Uh, you don't really have to do that. That's the, the hard way. Uh, just listen. Uh, I've been trained uh, in, in uh, Bible school, and I can tell you the truth, right? So, uh, but just listen to the wonderful words and pay your tithes and everything will be okay. So Proverbs one thirty one, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and shall be filled with their own devices. The devices that are out there now put many to sleep. Unconditional eternal security is a particularly deadly one. It teaches that you don't have to do anything after receiving salvation, but just, but the scripture teaches totally different. Ephesians 2 and 8. By grace have you been saved through faith, which is the substance of the thing hoped for, while the evidence is not seen. And that, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of man's works. I added man's in there. Uh, not of man's works, that no man should glory. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And that's God's good works, which God afore prepared that we should walk in them. We are all called to a ministry in one form or another. Those who don't have uh, the good works of God are obviously not the people of God, and they will speak against works. Although the Bible says just the opposite. The Bible says that you're going to be judged according to your works. And it says it very clearly, over and over and over. Like in Hebrews 11, 8-30, and James 2, 14-26, etc., 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 all the way. So, so how do we bear the fruit of good works? Well, first of all, we have to put goodness in our heart because it is that wisdom of God, the Word of God, that reprograms our hard drive to think, walk, and talk, and bear the fruit of Jesus Christ. And Proverbs 1 and 32 says, For the backsliding, again, backsliding is the falling away, which the lost can't do. Did you notice? The lost can't fall away. This is talking about people who consider themselves Christians. So the backsliding of the simple shall slay them, and the careless ease of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell securely, and shall be quiet without fear of evil. Wisdom says to these simpletons in Proverbs 2 and 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and lay up my commandments with thee so as to incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou cry after discernment and lift up thy voice for understanding, the Bible promises that if we ask the Lord for wisdom, he will give it to us. And if you ask him for understanding, he will give it to you. Don't be double-minded, but ask him and seek him, as in James 1, 5 through 8. 
Ask him even to put it into your heart and to desire it. I can tell you, if you, go, if you do this, you will outgrow your preacher in most cases in a very short time. And you'll say, wait a minute, this guy ain't agreeing with the word. Then you get up and walk out. Okay? Proverbs 2 and 4. If thou seek her, that's wisdom, as silver and search for her as hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord. Yes, you must have the fear of the Lord. Many people hear the scriptures, but totally ignore what they've heard because they don't have the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God, it goes on to say. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to them that walk in integrity. That he may guard the paths of justice and preserve the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and justice and equity, yea, every good path. For wisdom shall enter into thy heart and knowledge shall be pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall watch over thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of evil, from the men that speak perverse things. Whoso forsaketh the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, which is what so many people do. They get saved by faith, They continue to walk in the same way that they've always walked, not seeking out knowledge and wisdom of God to know even what is the will of God. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, who are crooked in their ways and wayward in their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the foreigner that flattereth with her words." You understand that when they preach to you something other than the Word of God, that's a foreigner. That's not a kingdom person doing that. The strange woman is, uh, of course, the harlot of Revelation 17, but that harlot is the mother of the harlots of the earth, Revelation 17 and 5. Yeah. Only the seed of Christ bears the fruit of Christ. And all of those sects out there that came out of mother are also called harlots because every one of those denominations received their own seed, the seed that wasn't the seed of the husband. That makes them harlots. And they received their own wisdom and their own knowledge. The knowledge of the gospel is being ignored They've reduced it to nothing more than moralizing, and there is no hope for moralizing. And those apostate preachers may get up uh, and give a scripture verse or two on Sunday morning, but the rest of the time it's all their knowledge and all their wisdom. And there's nothing more important than the Word of God. The Word is going into your heart to recreate Jesus Christ in you. He is the Word. It's the Word that does this. Nothing else can do it. Moralizing won't give you the knowledge of the gospel. Moralizing won't uh, give you the knowledge of how you can receive freely the nature of Jesus Christ. It won't give you that confidence that this is your gift from God. 
that this is the reconciliation that gave you uh, at the cross this gift of God. Romans 5, 2 Corinthians 5, Colossians 1, all talk about that. He took your life. He nailed it to the cross, and He gave you His life. As Paul proclaimed in Galatians 2 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. And that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith the faith which is in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In other words, now it's uh, no longer I that live. It's Christ that lives in me. And, uh, of course, you can prove that by going on and reading the Word and putting Christ in you because he is the Word, right? It's not one time step over the line and you're there. So just rejoice in this free gift, and it will be received, okay? Lord, we thank you. We ask uh, that you help us to realize this, how important this is, and how other things of the world will not last very long at all. They're not eternal in value. Proverbs 2 and 16 says, To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the foreigner that flattereth with her words. Uh, those apostate preachers will make it easy for you. They will lead you in their crooked ways and in their wayward paths uh, that do not include the crucified life or being filled with the Holy Spirit um, who leads you in truth, according to Jesus. Uh, exactly like the first disciples were filled, you need to go back and study that. You'll find out how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they don't want you to do that. And the supernatural gifts, too. If you're going to walk in the steps of Christ, you need those gifts. Verse 17, that forsaketh the friend of her youth. Yep, when we come to God, we're so in love with him. And then it dwindles. So that's the one who saved you in the beginning, Jesus the one you loved in the beginning, and now they want you to give, uh, they want to give you another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit because it lets the old man live and, uh, and forgets the covenant of her God. You better go back and read it and find out what the covenant says. Some people don't even get to know that covenant before they're led astray from the Bible by the teachings of men in their modern gospel. And Jesus said to the Pharisees of his day in Mark 7 and 6, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as their doctrines the precepts of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold fast the traditions of men. And nine says, Full well do you reject the commandments of God that you may keep your tradition. And Thirteen, making void the word of God by your tradition which you have delivered, and many such things ye do. There's no difference in the nature of man from the time Jesus said that until now. We must repent and believe. 
And this is how we are reprogrammed to walk the straight walk. Proverbs 2 and 18 says, For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. Well, it's true. Every one of those harlots' houses inclineth unto death. Proverbs 2 and 19. None that go unto her return again, neither do they attain unto the paths of life. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land. Yeah, this is the land of God's people, the promised land. And each promise that we read in the Word will become ours if we are bold enough to stand on it. Deuteronomy 11 and 24 says, Every place whereon the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours. You better walk through the Bible. And first thing's going to happen to you is you're going to say, I don't think I'm seeing this in my church. Then you go to the next one. And, and you may go through several until you realize that church is not where it's at. Uh, not saying coming together is, is not where it's at, but the church as we've seen it in the modern age is not where it's at. Every place whereon the sole of your foot shall tread shall be yours, God says. Every place you put your foot, I will give it to you. So God's given us this land that we walk in, which is this flesh that comes from the earth uh, in order for us to conquer it. And those tribes that originally inhabited the land, the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and, and so on and on, um, like in Deuteronomy 7, all represent the lusts of the old man that had to be conquered in order to take that land for the spiritual man, Jesus Christ, who is, Colossians 1 and 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's growing in you like a little baby. You must feed him. You don't feed the flesh. Feed him. And uh, Matthew 12 and 46 says, While he, that is Jesus, was yet speaking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, seeking to speak to him. And one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without, seeking to speak to thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whoso shall do the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. And those who do the will of the Father are those who are bringing forth the fruit of Jesus Christ in their life so that that fruit can be accepted in heaven because only he that came out of heaven is going back. Proverbs 2 and 21, For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. There you go. There is a great falling away, because there is a broad road to destruction, as Jesus said. Matthew 7 and 13, He said, Enter ye in by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, 
and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many are they that enter in thereby. For narrow is the gate, and straightened the way that leadeth unto life, and few are they that find it. Oh my gosh, who is he talking to? God's people. The most find the wide road. They don't find the narrow road. That's why uh, three out of four fall away. So we don't know the narrow road unless we study the wisdom of God, which is all through the Bible. Second John 1 and 9, Whosoever goeth onward and abideth not in the teaching of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the teaching, the same hath both the Father and the Son. When we point out to the faction that you're disobeying the word of God willfully, they ignore you and they continue on. They hath not God. It's not who starts out with you, it's who continues. There are lots of people who think that they know the teaching but they're getting it second, third, fourth, fifth hand, or not at all. And the only way you're going to know the teaching and the wisdom of God is to study the Word and seek out the wisdom of God for yourself. Listen, you've got to put enough of that in there until it overcomes what you do have in there. And if it's not important to you, you're going to lose it between Sundays. That's the problem. Don't go into a dead church and be leavened the rest of your life. People who go there don't ever come out, as we just got through seeing. They're uh, wasting their life, never coming to know the wisdom of God. Read the Bible. Find out what the church looks like. That will save you a lot of time if you go looking for one that looks just like the Bible and believes exactly the same thing. Proverbs 2 and 21, For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. Perfect is a word that also means uh, mature. And those who come into the image of Christ are mature. Verse 22, But the wicked shall be cut off from the land, and the treacherous shall be rooted out of it. And this is still talking about the same people. The wicked are the treacherous. You see, the wicked uh, may start out with you, but they don't finish with you. First John 2-19 They went out from among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they all are not of us. So the wicked uh, will be cut off from the land, which is the land of promise. They will not know the promises. They will not live by the promises. Paul exhorted God's people to not be sons of the handmaid, but to be sons of the free woman. Because it's going to be proven that not everyone who is a son of Abraham is chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Galatians 4 and 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the handmaid and one by the free woman. Howbeit the son by the handmaid is born after the flesh, 
But the son by the free woman is born through promise. The promise is what begets you again unto Jesus Christ and everything that he is and all that he does and thinks. It's the promise that does this. It's not being moralized. It's not joining a religion. The son of the free woman is born through promise. Abraham so badly wanted Ishmael to be be chosen by God. And there are many Ishmaelites out there that have come to Jesus Christ, and they don't fit this. In fact, they fit it better than some Jews do. And they love the Lord. Okay, but we're we're talking in the natural. You have to think about this. Abraham so badly wanted Ishmael to be chosen by God. And I, too, have wanted people to be chosen by God. And I, too, have sown seed in both the free woman and the handmaid. Sometimes you don't find out until the free, the fruit gets born. And then you realize, uh-oh. Yeah. And when the sons of the handmaid begin to fall away, um, I cry for them. But they are manifesting who they are. Galatians 4 and 24 which things contain an allegory for these women are two covenants, one from Mount Sinai, bearing children unto bondage, which is Hagar. Hmm. And if you're born of Hagar, then you're in bondage and staying there. And even while you're in religion, you can be in bondage just as the Israelites were. They were in so much bondage that when Jesus came to bring them the higher order, they couldn't come out of bondage. Verse 25. Now this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. And it was the Israelites who went to Mount Sinai. And so Paul is applying this to them. Because they were in bondage and they didn't know it. And answereth to the Jerusalem that now is. You see there? I was right. <laughs> So that's the uh, physical Jerusalem over there in the Middle East that's in bondage, for she is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free, which is our mother. So praise the Lord, we're being born from above. First spirit, then soul, and then body. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Your soul has to walk after the Spirit to receive the nature of that Spirit in order for you to bear His fruit in your soul. And Romans 8 and 13 says, For if you live after the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Some people don't know anything about being led of the Spirit. They just want rules and regulations like they did in the Old Testament. So when you were first saved, you received a born-again Spirit. But now you have to go on to bear that fruit in your soul. Only if you bear the fruit, which is Christ-likeness, will you get that new body, that born-again body, like His body. So how do you bear fruit? The way you bear fruit immediately is that you believe that you have received, Jesus said in Mark 11 and 24. All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them. 
He made no condition there. He said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you receive them. You're supposed to do this with every prayer. The Greek word there, lambano, is past tense in the original. Received, in other words. Uh, and them, you shall have them. Then you shall have them. Okay, so you have to believe before you receive that you have received. And then you will have it. So you walk by faith for them until you see them. And everything that the Lord offers will be nothing to the person who doesn't reach out and receive the promises by faith. They will not come to pass. And Paul tells us why in Hebrews 4 and 2. He says, The word of hearing did not profit them because it was not united by faith with them that heard. You see, they didn't mix faith with the words. In Proverbs 4 and 4, it says, He taught me and said unto me, Let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. So how are you going to continue to live? You continue to live by studying and keeping His commandments, delighting in His commandments, and delighting in being pleasing unto Him. Jesus said, He that loves me will keep my commandments. Oh no, we don't have to do that anymore. We're we are saved by grace, and and uh, once saved, always saved. No, that's not what he said. John fourteen twenty one and twenty three through twenty four. You don't love him if you're keeping the commandments of men. Men make it easy for the old man to live because they don't want to lose their old life. Romans six and six, and Ephesians four and twenty two, and Colossians three eight through ten. They don't like the crucified life that comes with loving the commandments of God. Proverbs 4 and 5. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Get wisdom, get understanding, forsake her not, and she will preserve thee. Love her, and she will keep thee. So that's the truth. Wisdom will keep you from falling away. You can fall away while you sit on a pew. And a lot of people do it. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Yea, with all thy getting, get understanding. And Proverbs 4 and 20. My son, attend unto my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life. You got that? Some people think that eternal life is something that God put in their hand and that he can't take it back. But John tells us in 1 John 5:11, And the witness is this, that God gave unto us eternal life, and this life is in, in, in his Son. He that hath the Son hath the life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not the life. So you abide in Christ. That's where that eternal life is. If you don't abide in Him, but you walk after the flesh, you must die. That's what He said. So you see, God didn't put anything in your hand. He gave eternal life to be in the Son. 
and abiding in the Son is where we have eternal life. And he said, if you didn't do that, you'd be broken off as a limb and thrown into the fire. How come people can't read? Proverbs 4 and 22, For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all of their flesh. Yes, I can tell you that. That's a fact. I've passed up the opportunity to die many times because I knew what the Word of God said, and I knew what the covenant was, and I didn't depart from it, but I was tested. God tests us. I was tested, but I passed up uh, my opportunities to die and, uh, and continued to bear fruit. That's why we're here. If you stop bearing fruit, why would you want more condemnation? Because you're still ignoring the Word of God. God might as well take you out. Right? You're here to bear fruit, right? So if you die too soon, you don't bear the fruit. You would, could have borne it if you would continue on, right? If you continue bearing fruit, you will continue on. So many people don't even know that we're not under the curse. They don't know that Jesus is our Passover lamb. They don't know that the destroyer was meant to pass over us and take out the Egyptians. Exodus 12 and 23, Job 15, 21, on and on. So many people are passing up the calling. Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Life comes out of your heart, and if you put the wisdom of God in there, just like in the parable of the sower, Matthew 13, Mark 4, Luke 8, you will be reprogrammed. Please understand that you are in danger and that the only place that you have safety is in Him. If three out of every four people who hear the gospel fall away from it, you are in danger. <laughs> you need to keep uh, putting on the wisdom of God in your life. It will save, it will preserve you, etc., etc. Proverbs 4 and 6. So let's look at the parable of the sower. Matthew 13 and 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? Well, he was speaking, of course, to the Jews who had the covenant. And uh, Jesus said in Matthew 15 and 24, I was not sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but remember. Excuse me. I was not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But remember, Ecclesiastes 1, Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says, That which hath been is that which shall be. And that which hath been done is that which shall be done. There's no new thing under the sun. Once again, a man-child is coming to be uh, the lost, coming to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So only now... Uh, as Paul said in Romans 2 and 28, he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not of the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So 
Now, true Israel are the ones who seek the born-again experience, not just in their spirit, but in their soul, and ultimately in their body. So these are the ones who have the covenant. These are the ones who are on the path, the narrow path, unto eternal life. And if you start in faith, since faith is accounted as righteousness, uh, Genesis uh, 15 and 6 and Romans 14, 3 through 22, etc., etc. Even when you start on that path, as long as you stay on that path, you are assured of eternal life. Not because you have manifested it, but because you are walking by faith for it. And faith is accounted as righteousness until righteousness is manifested. Right? So notice that the disciples asked, Why do you speak to them in parables? Of course, they wanted their brethren, the Jews, to be saved. And of course, they wanted them to understand. Don't we the same today? Uh-huh. Sounds like the same old story, doesn't it? So, let's make it simple for them. Jesus, like the preachers do, right? Matthew 13 and 11. And he, that is Jesus, answered and said unto them, Unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Wow. That sounds like there was a reprobation at the very beginning of the man-child Jesus' ministry. Yeah. That's true. Is it going to happen this time too? Yep. Everything that has been will be. Today there's a man-child ministry coming again but only this time to the church. And once again, we have the same situation. These people are not disciples. They cannot hear. They've been inoculated against the truth. The man-child speaks in parables, and they cannot understand. And they argue, why does he do that? Uh Uh-huh. But he won't speak to them in any other way. Psalm 78 1 through 72, Matthew 13, 34 and 35. The Bible says that he took his disciples aside privately and explained to them all things. Matthew 13, 11, Mark 4 and 10. A disciple is a mathetes, a learner and a follower. Disciples are studying their master. They're studying the master to walk in his steps. 1 John 2 and 6. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You see, they say that's not necessary. (laughs) What do they know? Nothing. It's not all those eminent preachers in their fancy suits. It is Jesus who is our demonstration of true Christianity, which is to walk as he walked. It is to manifest his gifts, his works, everything. Hebrews 7 and 25. Wherefore also he is able to save to the uttermost. The Greek word there is pentacles, and it means completely, forever, entirely. So he's able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto God through him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
But although you see that it's a free gift from God, you have to receive by faith the promise of Colossians 1.27, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Matthew 13 and 12 says, For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have in abundance. Whosoever hath, uh, abundance? Uh, of what? Uh, this is speaking of whosoever hath understanding, whosoever hath fruit of what they have received. You see, if we walk in the light, he puts more light in our pathway. And this is someone who has been given this fruit, who has been given this understanding, um, and that's who shall have abundance. This is someone who is walking in light. Therefore, they deserve more light. There's no use in putting out uh, more light in front of someone who's not going to walk in it. They'll just be that much more condemned because they're not walking in the light that they have. So God gives you a little light, and if you walk in that, He gives you more light. Do you love the light? If you do, He will give you more light. Some people sit in dead religion and they're just quite satisfied with it. Proverbs 4 and 18, The path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Psalm 19 and 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He gives you a lamp for your feet to show you where you stand because if you know where you are, then he can show you where to go. We need to know and understand that. Some people are in total denial about where they stand, and these people believe that they're already arrived at perfection by some magic words that they've spoken or something that they did. Matthew 13 and 12 says, For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And he shall have an abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. So Jesus gave the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 13 through 30, and Luke 19, 11 through 27, about that exact situation. Two of the three servants multiplied the talents their Lord entrusted to them, but the third servant did nothing with what he was given. And his Lord was angry with him and said in Luke 19 and 22, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. He's talking about a servant. He's not talking about somebody in the world. Thou wicked servant, thou knewest that I am an austere man, taking up that which I laid not down. In other words, they don't, they don't know that it all comes from the Lord. And receiving that which I did not sow, then the, wherefore givest thou not my money unto the bank, that I, I at my coming should have required it with interest? And he said unto them that stood by, Take away from him the pound, and give it to him that hath the ten pounds. You can tell when it's been taken away from somebody. They just wander on off in the world, or they sit on a pew and don't pay any attention. You know, 25. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. And I say unto you that unto every one that hath 
that everyone that has fruit of what they've already been given, okay, that's what he's talking about, that unto everyone that hath shall be given from him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. Of course, when they protested, uh, but he has ten. It was because they didn't understand God. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to walk in his steps. But far too many people are like that third servant. And they wouldn't touch discipleship with a ten-foot pole. They've never even been taught that they needed or even had an opportunity to become a disciple of Christ. And so, because they bear no fruit, they haven't sought wisdom, even though God has borne with them up to that point, finally he reprobates them. Or in other words, even that which he hath shall be taken away from him. Matthew 13 and 13. Therefore, I speak I unto them in parables, because seeing they see, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. These were the people of God according to the covenant. They have physical eyes to see, but not spiritual eyes to see. How do you get spiritual eyes to see? You have to come to know the one who wrote the book. And that's how you get spiritual eyes to see. And that's how you get spiritual ears to hear, because you'll hear only his voice, as Jesus said, John 10 and 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Sadly, many people like to leave out that last part. They follow me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a sad, sad thing. Matthew 13 and 14. And unto them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall in no wise understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall in no wise perceive. Now we know what understanding is, and what perceiving is. For this people's heart is waxed gross. He's talking about his people, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And even today, there is the lost sheep of the house of the church because they've lost the path. The things that have been are the things that shall be. The Old Testament church and the New Testament church aren't that far apart. They don't know the way, and they don't know that the end of that way is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It, that's the only hope of glory, is to have Christ in you. And how does he get there? The Word and His Spirit in you. Feed your spirit man, not your flesh. They don't even know that uh, the procession that leads up to that point is Christ increasingly growing in you like a baby in the womb. Matthew 13 and 15, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest happily they should perceive with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. So they're afraid to know the truth. It would make them responsible to know the truth. It's easier just to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. But, and that's how you get to fill church pews up with tithers, right? 
So, in fact, if you speak the truth, you will run a lot of people off because they don't want the truth. Now, I'm not saying that um, can't be a beginning if there was a true repentance involved, but otherwise, you're just filling a church pew and your self-deception will be revealed further down the road. Matthew 13 and 15. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest happily they should perceive with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should turn again, and I should heal them. So God really wants to heal us. He wants to heal us spiritually, physically, and every other way. These are the benefits of the kingdom. This is uh, for the called. And it's what they are invited to. Second Timothy 1 and 9, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before times eternal. So when you get saved, you get invited to partake of all these wonderful benefits of the kingdom. Most people don't know anything about them, and they die without them, it's sad to say. So when you get saved in your spirit, you get a new spirit from God. And according to, to, to what the Scripture says, you receive a born-again spirit. And now you are invited to partake of the benefits of the kingdom because now you are a kingdom person. This is not for the world. It's for you. John 3, 3 and 5. The world doesn't have this calling. This calling is not, hey, come to Jesus. No, it's who saved them and called them. You get saved, and then you get this invitation to partake of the kingdom. In Israel, the Israelite had the benefits of the kingdom, and the pagans did not. Matthew 13 and 16, But blessed are your eyes, for they see. So here Jesus is talking to his disciples. And your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see the things which you see. Uh-huh. So that's why it's called the good news. The Jews had to struggle to find out every jot and tittle of the law and keep them or else slay a lamb. Well, lambs were pretty expensive. <laughs> and they are today too. So our lamb was slain. And the good news is that what God gives us is a free gift. That's why it's called the good news. So praises to his holy name, right? And Matthew 13 and 17 says, Verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see the things which you see and saw them not, and to hear the things which you hear and heard them not. Hear then ye the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, who did he just get through saying did not understand the word? Okay. It was his people according to the old covenant. But the man-child ministry that is coming is going to renew a call 
to the true gospel, um, which many of the people have never heard. Yet many of them will choose to stick to their religion because it's easy. Come and pay your tithes and you'll be just okay, you know, with us. You know, baloney. Yeah. Matthew 13 and 19. <clears throat> when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the evil one and snatcheth away that which is bones sown in his heart. Well, I've seen this happen when telling people what the true good news is, and they'd rather go back to their religion because it doesn't demand anything from them, especially uh, crucifixion. So this is he that was sown by the wayside. No, not much of a chance to bear any fruit there, right? And he that was sown upon the rocky places, this is he that heareth the word, and straightway with joy receiveth it. You've all seen them. You run across these people too. They they happy because it's really good news, you know. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while, and when tribulations or persecutions arise because of the word, straightway he stumbleth. And there it is. There's the falling away. This is someone who, in the beginning, received the good news with joy, but then they didn't allow it to take root in themselves. So, I thought we'll share a couple of revelations here, kind of confirming these things. <clears throat> we'll call this one, Run from the Flesh, and it's anonymous, 528-23. I dreamed that my husband and I had a newborn baby. Yep. In other words, bearing the fruit of Christ. That's what this is representing. And we went inside my grandparents' house to grab something that we had left behind. Oh, that can be a mistake. You know, grandparents' house uh, represents the apostate religion that we inherited and was passed on to us. How many of you know that when you were a child, you were raised up in these things, and later you found it out? So going back for something that left behind uh, represents backsliding. Do you remember left behind? <laughs> Those liars left behind like they're going to fly away when they don't even know the Word of God? Luke 17 and 31. In that day... He shall be on the housetop and his goods in the house. Let him not go down and take them away. And let him that is in the field likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Hmm. So they do turn away. They turn back. No one was there. And my grandparents were not supposed to be back for a long time. So they thought they were going to get off easy. So while we were inside, we decided to use the bathroom, which represents repentance, getting rid of the old life, right? And as I was uh, waiting for my turn, I had a vision that demons uh, in my grandparents knew that we were there. Oh, so many times our grandparents' uh, dead religion gets passed down to us through our parents, uh, my grandparents did not know that we were here, but the demons caused them to come back quickly to catch us there. 
Yep, they do that. Shouldn't be there in the first place, right? Because there's nothing that you left behind there that's worth having. That's the whole point. So when we uh, backslide or go back to sinful or useless doctrines, ways or thought patterns, uh, when the affection are turned over to the demons, they often do this. You can't believe it. They went back to the dumb stuff. They believed in dead religion because it was easy, because they didn't have to obey, right? So if we do this, we uh, give the demons permission to come back along with our youthful lusts. That's what happens. Matthew twelve forty three and 44 through 44. But the unclean spirit, when he is gone out of the man, passeth through waterless places, seeking rest, and findeth it not. Then he saith, I will return unto my house, which I, I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. And who was he talking to? God's people. In real life, we aren't in communication with the old physical family, they said. And in the dream, uh, we both wanted to avoid them and not be around them. Well, that's understandable because they want to drag you back into the old foolishness. I told my husband that what I saw, so we quickly finished what we were doing so we could leave. And suddenly my grandparents walked through the front door with a few of their friends and other family members. Yes, they like to gang up on you. <laughs> 45. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man becometh worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this evil generation. This evil generation. He's talking about the people of God. My step-grandma's hair was much longer than it is in real life, and in the dream it was very long with streaks of red, pink, and different shades of brown in it. Well, long hair is a sign of submission. And First uh, Corinthians 11 and uh, the streaks of unnatural colors means submission to red, which means they're guilty of the blood of the saints. Pink, which is sexual perversions. Uh, brown represents the Nazi-like factious, uh, because some people are very, very uh, evil uh, in their because of their differences with you. And they want to force that on you and so on and so forth. Well, that's like the factious. And they've been likened uh, in many dreams to be brown, uh, like the Nazis. So I, commend, I commented that I liked the long hair on her better than it when it was very short, which is true. In real life, uh, my step-grandmother, and she has in parenthesis Jezebel, had been physically abusing my granddad, uh, and in parenthesis she has Ahab, and they had broken up. So I was confused as to why they were together, since, of course, they were obviously switched the natural roles of man and woman. You know, that's how they've broken up, and that's how Jezebels do that. 
So we wanted to leave immediately, and I felt strongly to hide my baby from every person there. So I had my baby tucked inside my dress, hidden. (laughs) Okay, well, fruit hidden in her dress means fruit hidden in her. And this protects our fruit. You can't tell these people everything. They will attack you. It's throwing pearls before swine. So this protects our fruit, which is that baby Jesus that's been growing up in us, right? So our treasure is the truth that factious people want to steal from us as it was stolen from them. And if we believe their slander, uh, the demons come in and all truth is gone. It is lost. I've had them tell me that. David, I don't know what's going on. Everything you've taught me is leaving. I've had them tell me that right up front. I said, I, I know what this is. This is faction. You've fallen away. You have unforgiveness and criticism in your heart. and God opened you up to this. So every person there kept trying to look at my baby. Yeah, we want to see what this fruit is. We want to see what they think is right, right? But I kept turning my body to keep the baby away from them, and I did my best to completely hide the baby. So when the demons see fruit, they immediately want to attack it, especially Jezebel and factious spirits. They immediately want to attack that fruit. They're angry. The demons are angry that you're going on and becoming actually a threat to them. There was a man there named Sean who I have never met before, and I wondered who he was. She said, Sean means God is gracious and represents those that will come out of the apostate church by God's grace. And we'll hear more about Sean in a minute. Everyone kept trying to make a small talk, and we just really wanted to leave. Small talk are the subtle lying thoughts and vain imaginations of the flesh and demons to keep us trapped in the past and in spirits of religion. My my grandmother said that there was a town called Marleyville nearby and that it originated by a man that placed an omen or a sign of something to come on the mountain. Well, the name Marley means pleasant wood or marshy meadow. So it represents a swamp of the wood, hay, and the stubble of the works of man. They established a town there from it, and the connection uh, from the omen has lines growing through the whole town and into every house. And we wanted nothing to do with that town or these conversations. And she has in in, uh, parenthesis here, It is bondage of the old man and religious works of the apostate church. Yep, I agree. I was trying so hard to hide my baby from everyone. They kept trying to look at him 
So my husband and I, with my baby in my dress, just sprinted out of the house so fast without saying goodbye. So when we leave the the past apostasy to follow Jesus, we we don't hesitate, she said. And uh, Psalm 143 and 9 says, Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies. I flee unto thee to hide me. And 2 Timothy 2.2.2 But flee youthful lusts and follow after righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we ran far up the street, which was a big hill. Uh, well, I believe this means forsaking Babylon to Zion, to go to Zion. Uh, a theme that's quite often in the Bible. And got to our car to leave. The man, Sean, sprinted out of the house after us, not to stop us, but he felt to follow us and to leave. Oh, so the one called God is gracious left the house of the apostates and followed this dreamer to Zion. (laughs) So uh, no other person came out of the house. Well, of course, he had grace, right? Because they had no grace from God. And they didn't seek it by faith. I felt this dream was a warning to not get distracted by the old physical family or carnal man and to not get distracted by anyone that isn't manifesting Christ. I was reminded of these verses, Proverbs 13 and 20. Walk with wise men, and thou shalt be wise. But the companion of fools shall smart for it. Absolutely. They, they don't want you to outgrow them. It's uh, dangerous to do that. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 18. Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity? Or what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what portion hath a believer with unbelievers? You don't have to study very much to find out that people who call themselves Christians are very much unbelievers. And what agreement hath a temple of God with idols? For we are a temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them. There's that path from Babylon to Zion, right? And be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be to you a father, and you shall be to me sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. How awesome. Well, we're going to call this one, The Harlot Church is Sick and Dying. Anonymous 52823. In my dream, my physical dad, uh, I believe representing the apostate leader of the apostate church, contacted me. He was very upset as his wife, who represented the apostate church, they said here, was ill. Yes, she is very ill. 
He said the doctors couldn't do anything to help her, and he was begging us to come and see them. Well, most of us came out of a church like this and don't want to go back. But they always want you to go back. And they want to trick you and, tra- and trap you again. Right? And even the devil talks to you and say, you go back, you can, you can fix it. You can fix it. If you just stay in there and be a good witness, you can fix it. But we would have healed Babylon, but she would not be healed. Let us flee everyone to his own land. So after the call, I discussed with my wife whether we should go visit them or not. I was reluctant to go. Yet to my surprise, my wife said, We need to go and leave right now because she felt the right thing, it was the right thing to do, right? Is to go see physical parents. So sometimes the things that seem right and moral to the flesh and the world he says, are contrary to God's way. That's right. When Jesus' family wanted to see him, he said that those who do the will of God are his family. Okay. Also, Mark three thirty-three through 35. And he answered them and saith, Who is my mother and my brethren? And looking around, On them that sat around him in a circle, he said, See, my mother and my brethren, whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And also the men as the head are to seek God for his will and to not give that into the hand of the woman, right? You will pervert your wife if you do that. Give her the authority to lead the household. True. He's correct here. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, of course, the apostate church has has, uh, perverted all of this. In 1 Timothy 2 and 12 on through 15, it says, But I, I permit not a woman to teach, nor to have dominion over a man, but to be in quietness. For Adam was first formed, and then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being much deceived hath fallen into transgression. But she shall be saved through the childbearing. And if, there's your fruit, right? And if they continue in faith and love and sanctification with sobriety. True. We drove for a couple of days to get to them, and we were in such an urgency that we barely slept and ate little. Well, the flesh often acts in haste and runs on adrenaline, and uh, if we are out of God's will, He gives us signs along the way. So when we arrived, my dad ran out to us and said that his wife has a disease that's throughout her body, spreading from her heart to her liver. Well, the heart represents the soul, which is the mind, the will, and the emotions, which they neglect. And uh, the liver, which is a vital part of our gastrointestinal system, uh, represents discernment. 
And the apostate church is diseased throughout the whole body because of her rebellion and the food or the leaven that they are digesting like their false doctrines, religious theologies, and lack of spiritual discernment and growth. And therefore, she is sick and dying. Have you ever seen any of those religions die? They might have started out with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but you look at the end of them. They die. Yeah. Proverbs 4 and 4. And he, that is Father, taught me and said unto me, Let thy heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Jeremiah 15 and 16. Thy words were found, I did eat them. And thy words were unto me a joy, and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Psalm 119.11 Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. He said she is laying down and can barely move and she hasn't gotten up in days. Yet they can't stand. They're always laying down. The second Peter 3 and 8 says, But forget not this one thing, beloved, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And he says, uh, It's been 2,000 years or two days since Jesus began with the first church. And the apostate church has not been born from above through the word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And she is still into the earthly works of the flesh. I agree. Someone then came out and uh, and landed me, excuse me, handed me a note that was written in red, and it was from my physical mom, the apostate church. And it said something about me going to sit with her and to feed her. Jeremiah 51, 9 and 10. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go everyone into his own country. For her judgment reacheth unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. The Lord hath brought forth our righteousness. Come, let us declare in Zion the works of of the Lord our God. Flee, flee, seek Zion. Amen. I told my wife, and she stayed outside of the house. I walked up the stairs to go and see her as I battled evil thoughts and lies and fighting in the Spirit in prayer. I entered the lounge room, and she was lying on a bed. Well, there's, and they have in parenthesis here, the harlot Jezebel. Revelation 2, 20 through 22. But I have this against thee, that thou sufferest the woman Jezebel, who calleth herself a prophetess. Lo, I cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of her works. He had a bed set up near the uh, front door, 
And we know that Jesus is the door, and the apostate church have only just gotten their toe in the door. And they think that many are uh, wrong, for they are not bearing fruit and are dying. So she was very pale, I would say, from lack of the blood, except you eat my body and drink my blood. She was very pale and thin, and she didn't have energy to talk, but nodded and moved her arm to motion to me to sit. Next to her was a tub of vanilla ice cream, and she was holding a spoon. Well, we know ice cream is made from milk, which is for babies, and they're uh, eternal babies. Uh, And with added sugar, of course, and flavoring, which is sweet to the flesh, to to permit her to live in the flesh, right? Anything but the crucified life, which is bitter, right, to the flesh. It represents the false teachings that she has uh, used to seduce and cause many to fall into fornication and idolatry with her. Revelation 2 and 20. And she teaches and seduces my bondmen to commit fornication and to eat idol sacrifices. And I gave her time to repent, and she willeth not to repent of her fornication. Mm-hmm. I said, that stuff's not good for you. You need something healthy. And she then gently pushed my hand with the spoon towards the ice cream. (laughs) I then felt that it was okay to grab her a spoonful and give it to her. 1 Corinthians 3 and 2, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for you were not yet able to bear it. Nay, not even now are you able. So she put the food into her mouth herself and was smiling. The apostate church is happy on the flesh and uh, and the flesh-pleasing doctrines, and they don't want to go any further because they can keep their flesh alive that way, and they don't have to bear any fruit. Okay, we're going to call this Escaping the Harlot. Anonymous 429.23, I dreamed that I was watching this man in the third person, and he was a teenager and had brown skin, short hair, brown eyes, and he was wearing an emerald green shirt. And they have emerald uh, represents uh, new life, and this man was introverted, uh, probably from rejection and fear. And kept to himself, but he loved Jesus and had a relationship with God. The man was uh, currently at a school with classrooms where he was in a courtyard, which was set up differently than most schools. Well, the school buildings and the classrooms here represent the different church denominations that many pass through and um, their religious teachings where Many first begin to learn about God, and the courtyard represents the paths of life and its choices to make uh, seeking his direction. And when on, the courtyard had paths that went in a zigzag shape. 
In other words, back and forth, directions with sharp turns, right? From the left side to the right, but each path had a vertical way. In other words, up towards God. That was a dead end, and there were pockets to hide in. Well, this reminds us of the confusion of Babylon. You can get lost in there and never find your way out. The classrooms were on every side of the courtyard, and the buildings were open, so you could go in there, but there was no way out of the room. So these were all dead ends. Yep, they all are. Proverbs 14 and 12, There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, my thought is that if one does not read their Bible to see what Christians are, they can get caught in a Babylonish church for many years, wasting their lives and bearing no fruit. And many in the apostate church believe that there are many ways to God and many other deceptive doctrines. So the courtyard, the courtyard was very narrow and long, and it had buildings on the left and the right, and there was no way to get out of the courtyard except from an entrance on the far left or <laughs> an entrance on the far right, and all the buildings were blocking an escape. Yes, they want to keep you. Jesus said, He is the way, and it is a narrow and straightened way to life. Go the way of searching the word, right? John 14 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Matthew seven thirteen and 14 says, Enter ye in by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction, and many are they that enter in thereby. For narrow is the gate, and straightened the way that leadeth unto life, and few are they that find it. So strive to enter in by the narrow door, Luke 13 and 24. For many, I say unto you, shall seek to enter in, and shall not be able. So many are so full of religious spirits and doctrines of demons that they are trapped. But Jesus is coming to set the captives free and to open their prisons. That's Isaiah 61. So look at the fruit of those in the trap. If uh, they are not bearing fruit, the seed of the Lord is not being sowed in them. Okay, and they left uh, Proverbs 4 and 14. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and walk not in the way of evil men. So everyone in this grade was wearing a navy polo shirt with a red line on the collar, and, every, uh, and everyone in other grades had different colored shirts. <clears throat> well, to me, a red line represents a legalistic line that you don't want to cross, <laughs> or you get in trouble. <laughs> so the grades represent their opinions of the maturity level in Christ, but this is always judged by their fleshly age and not their age in the Lord. That's the problem. I think it was lunchtime, and most of his grade were hanging together on the very far left of the courtyard near the entrance. 
The other people in his grade were in smaller groups of three to five people, and they were spread out towards the right, but one of them was very far towards the right. This man with the green shirt, representing life, whom I was watching, just wanted to spend alone time in prayer and reading the Word. So he went a bit further to the right and found a spot to read alone, because there's not many of them on the right, right? <laughs> many times Jesus uh, left the crowds to be alone to pray, uh, they said here. Yep, that's true. And Mark 6 and 31, And he saith unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest for a while. After a little bit, he started to feel that something wasn't right and that people were in danger. So he went back along the way and found where most of his grade were at that far left corner. And he saw that they were all huddled up with teachers instructing. And he came up and walked through some of the crowd to see what the teachers were saying. A man in his grade said to him, Don't stay here. Just leave quickly. Aha, uh -huh. good advice. He wasn't sure what was going on, but then that man who had spoken was grabbed by a female teacher and taken away. Yep, we don't want you here. The same man said, They are taking us away and we don't know where. Well, we know that the far left in Christian education are taking the many away from God. It was made known that they were rounding them up to go or do something that was not right. Because this man wasn't in that crowded area, he wasn't noticed or put on the list, so he had a chance to escape. Second Peter 2 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment unto the day of judgment. Something we're learning and watching right now. Luke 21 and 36, But watch ye at every season, making supplication that ye may prevail to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. He then left the crowd to run to uh, back from where he had just come from. And a female teacher saw him trying to escape and called out for him. But he ignored her and just kept on running. The female teacher, I believe, represents the false teachers and the preachers in the harlot church who try to stop those who are truly seeking the Lord from leaving their dominion. But God calls his students of the word out of the apostate sheepfold, just as he did this man. She chased him through the zigzag pathways, which is the crooked path of Babylon. And the man tried to pretend he went into a classroom knowing he couldn't actually escape that way because it was a dead end and they would catch him. So all the denominations, of course, are dead ends. But he opened the doors uh, when she wasn't in the same hallway to make it seem like he went in there. And he ran uh, past on up uh, uh, to a different people in a different grade and also the small groups of people that were in his grade. He passed up the maturity of many on his way out, is what it's saying. 
And as the lady uh, teacher ran to the area where the people were, she would tell them to quickly move to the far left with the rest of their grade. Yep, that's where they're leading them. Herding the goats on the left into their rebellion. The man was doing everything to outrun her, but because of the design of the buildings in the courtyard, he couldn't get to an area where she couldn't see him. He finally got to the far right area, and there were no people in the courtyard there. Well, there are not many that go to the right. That's the sheep, right? And those are the ones he calls out of the sheepfold to follow him, right? Matthew 22 and 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. So he ran to get out of the only gate, but it was locked. So their religious spirits want to keep people confined. So he ran into the six-story building that was on the right of the gate. Six is, of course, the number of man, right? And that's who rules these things. The lady saw him and stopped chasing him, believing he would be caught because there was no other escape. And she called on the radio for an announcement across the whole school uh, through the speaker system saying, Catch the hazelnut skin man in the green shirt. Well, hazelnut is a seed which can bear great fruit if it's planted in the right soil. This man is looking for that soil, I feel. So the man heard the announcement as well as all the teachers, so he knew to avoid them. He ran past classrooms, and the teachers came out to grab him. However, he was too fast for them, and he ran upstairs to get to the next level (laughs) where more teachers came out of their classrooms. But he ran past all of them, and not one person could even touch him. So, I mean, when we're running for the Lord, uh, they can't catch us. You know, we keep running the race towards the prize of Christ, right? Philippians 3 and 14, I press on towards the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, Know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Even so, run that you may attain. So he got to the next level, and he looked up, and he saw there was already another man waiting for him at the next level. Luke 4 and 30, but he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Good text, yeah. This man had strong faith, and he believed God wouldn't fail him. He believed that if he jumped in faith, God would help him. So he just jumped in faith and flew to the fifth story, which was above the man he saw before he couldn't see any more he couldn't see anyone but he ran to the sixth story and went into the only room there but it wasn't a classroom it was like a fancy house or penthouse yep the people at the leadership they do live like that he ran through and then he saw there were two Two glass doors opened to the outside that had fake grass, and the only way out after that would be to jump. And then a man appeared from inside the penthouse, and he had a long blonde hair 
and was wearing an undershirt, and he said, You're going to wish you didn't come up here. And the man expected him to surrender because there was no other natural safe way to escape. The man in green shirt didn't hesitate, but ran straight out the glass doors outside. He had no doubt or unbelief, and he knew that God would either translate him or fly him somewhere. And he had strong, bold faith, and without looking back, he ran straight off the building. And I knew that he was going to be physically safe when he jumped. I instantly woke up. That's Romans 1 and 17. For therein is revealed a righteousness of God from faith unto faith, and it is written, But the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. Isn't that an awesome story? Well, it's um, you have to flee Babylon. You must come out from among them. It is a trap. It is a dead end. You will not grow up into Christ. They will not let you. They stand in the door. They won't enter in. And they won't let you enter in either. And if you outgrow them, let's say you get filled with the Spirit of God and full of the Word of God and you object to some of the foolish things that they teach, guess what? They'll come down on you with all four feet. (laughs) Yes. So you must come out from among them. The best thing to do is sneak out. (laughs) And don't say a word because if you do, they'll come after you. Don't tell them what you you found out. You know, just leave, right? Uh, well, so so many people think, well, uh, I can stay here. I can help these people, you know. But it doesn't work out that way. I've known people that have come out and gone back and got stuck again because they didn't listen to God. They got trapped. They thought they could fix it, you know. They didn't continue on looking in the Word. I say to everyone who gets saved, sit down and read the New Testament. Read it thoroughly. Then go back and read it again. Make sure you get in your mind what the New Testament is supposed to look like. Because it does not even resemble these dead churches. There's no resemblance. The doctrine is not the same either. They have made themselves another religion that permits the flesh to live. They do not want the crucified life. They do not want to die to self. Men have taken control over these religions. They're not ruled by spiritual men. Uh, Spiritual men wouldn't stay there. Now, I know that the Lord's had me visit them, but it was a long time after I got delivered that He ever sent me back to bring people out. And I've gone in and out and found pasture, like the Bible says. But I was delivered enough that I wasn't ever going to be trapped again. The Lord taught me that. And I did go in and bring some people out. I've gone to different denominations and done that. Some listen always. He that's of God hears the words of God. You can tell them because they're listening to the Word. And uh, they love 
to escape. They're excited when they escape. And, uh, and some of them sit down and consider that they have arrived and uh, die sitting on some pew somewhere, you know. So it's a, it's a, a test. Everything that we're going through is a test. But the test is to get through the maze of religion and come out on the other side a free person. They follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. When Jesus preached, there were people that came out of the denominations of Judaism. They heard him well, and they followed him. They came out of the maze of dead religion, and they followed him. That's not to say that they wouldn't be a part of a body, but you constantly learn uh, what is a body and what is not a body. Yeah, we all belong to a body. We don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the custom of some is and uh, because that's dangerous. I mean, the body is made to take care of itself, right? So we do look for a body. There are some people that don't live anywhere near any real body of Christ, and they like to study with us, you know, and read the words and, and hear the word. And that's fine. I know that. I realize that, that some people live in places and they've never found a doctrinally correct and uh, uh, thriving church. I understand that. Okay. So, Father, we love you so much. We ask that you lead all of our brethren in a good way, especially in these days when we're about to be called out of Egypt and into the wilderness to go to our promised land. Lord, I ask you to prepare your people not to listen to the Egyptians. They don't know what they're talking about. They're foreigners. They don't know what they're talking about. But to get in the Word of God and hear from our Father and learn from wisdom. And hear the voice of the Lord and follow Him out of the sheepfolds as Jesus did in John chapter 10, right? He called His own by name and they heard His voice and they came out. And another's they would not listen to, right? Praise be to God. So the Lord uh, says, uh, He that's of God hears the words of God. Uh, those that are trained up by foreigners end up being foreigners, right? I'm talking about foreign to the kingdom. Amen? So thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace to us to continue to lead us on. We want to grow everywhere we go. We want to be uh, influenced by people who are scriptural and love you and believe in keeping all of your commandments. Thank you, Father, for doing this for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, all right. God bless you, saints, and keep you. And we'll do this again sometime. Amen. Can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the 